Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Greetings, programs, and welcome to an episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And back from the depths of Hurricane <laughs> Sally, Derek Diamond. Uh, sorry we missed last week because uh, Mr. Diamond was underwater, and so we didn't have to. We didn't have a show last week because uh, yeah, you're, you got you got pounded a little bit over there in Pensacola. Yeah, we're still recovering from it. Uh, it. Like Jason said, we were not able to record last week because uh, Hurricane Sally made landfall in the early morning uh, last Wednesday. I lost power fully. It had been flickering off and on all morning, but I lost it just after 8.30 a.m. And I did not recover it for multiple days. Damn. So it was like, I was thinking, well, maybe it'll be back by the end of the day and we'll have enough time to do the show. And then it was like 6 or 6.30 where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Even, Unfortunately. If, even if you got your power back, there was no guarantee that the internet was going to work. So I was like, yeah, we might as well just uh, eh, not do this week. Because we were going to do it. If you wouldn't have went out of town, we would have done it Thursday night or Friday. But you were in Orlando. Yeah, and it it worked out like we didn't go to Orlando because of the storm. We had already planned to, you know, go out of town for that weekend. It just so happened to work out. So, got to get away from here for a few days, but still followed, you know, all the news and everything of what all happened. And for those who don't know what happened to Pensacola, downtown got pretty wrecked because of the storm. And, and what happened was. It wasn't the power of the storm. It's the fact that it moved so slowly. Yeah. Once it made landfall, it was moving, I think, at two or three miles per hour. So it was um, it was a pretty wild experience. I'm watching the Twitch stream, and now I'm just seeing myself. Yeah, I'm doing a little camera, camera trickery. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there we go. Scared me there for a second. I was looking at myself. But, um, no, it was... Um, it was interesting in the sense that around 11:30 that night before we got a tornado warning so I went in my closet and stayed there until the warning <clears throat> had expired and I stayed up until 2 2:30 in the morning and around 2 was when the wind started to get interesting mm-hmm. but I was able to get a couple of hours of sleep and no one in my neighborhood had power um, there were spots in Pensacola that did have it. Those who live near hospitals were able to get it back, you know, relatively quickly. But there were some neighborhoods because we drove around uh, that night after the storm had passed, and there were some areas that had power and some that didn't. And it was really weird seeing that layout. And there were a ton of trees that were laying in the road. Yeah. Um, a lot of it had been cleaned up by the time that we got back uh, Monday night. But then I went to, and for those who are on our Discord channel, I posted a few photos today, but um, I actually got to see where I work and how it 
you know, handled the storm, and it was like I was in an apocalyptic movie. Yeah. Man, that There sucks. was... There's a, a walkway that wraps around the back of the stadium that's right on the water. I'd say at least half of the railing is gone. Damn. Like, completely gone. Some of the brick... Because the, the walkway is made out of brick. A yeah. lot of it had been washed out. So there are chunks of that area that are just standing water and dirt. See, that's crazy. It, they, you know, they were telling us it was going to hit us head on for like two days. It was, it was get ready, it's coming, and then it just right at the last second, it just veered off to the right and hit Pensacola. So it's like, well, uh, good for us, but sucks for Derek. <laughs> well, and I, I told you know my friends this, that we've gotten so lucky since Hurricane Ivan happened. And the crazy thing is, it hit 16 years to the day Damn. of Hurricane Ivan. That sucks. I saw a joke on Twitter <laughs> that Sally was actually the, uh, the angry 16-year-old daughter of Ivan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad everything's okay, man. That, that was... That was a crap couple of days waiting on that storm. Because yeah. none of us knew what it was going to do, man. It was just sitting there spinning in the Gulf, and we're like, yeah, this thing looks like Katrina before it hit landfall. It was just sitting out there, just just churning. Getting stronger. And, yeah. And we're like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. We're going to have to go through six weeks of, of hell again. You know, it was awful. Well, and the fact that you know, we, we've gotten so lucky since Ivan of avoiding storms because there was Hurricane Michael a couple of years ago that was supposed to hit us dead on. Yeah. And it took that last-minute turn and went right over Panama City, and that place is still feeling the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll, we'll, be, we'll be okay. It's going to take some time to, you know, clean up and essentially rebuild some things. And even, you know, with with the stadium being wrecked, we can't really – do any work at the moment we got power back and internet yeah. but you know the, the place got flooded so we had to rip up all the carpet but that's not even good. <laughs> oh i'm sure it did i'm sure it did and there were actually um ceiling tiles in my office that were gone Damn. and one of them landed right on a piece of equipment luckily uh, it still works that's good but, yeah we'll be we'll be out of the office for a few weeks yeah but we're we're spending a lot of time uh, just helping clean up, you know, around downtown. We moved a bunch of debris and everything yesterday, and then we went to a um, a community center this morning to help serve food for those that you know came by and got it, yeah. and those that needed it. So that's good. We're spending kind of the the morning doing all that stuff. We're going to be doing that at least for the rest of the week, and possibly into next week as well. But. You know, we're we're still kicking, which yeah, is good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, my week's been pretty uneventful, uh, except for um, I want to give a huge thanks and shout out to our listener and longtime listener and patron, AxeBlade07, who uh, sent us a, um, a TurboGrafx-16 Mini. I uh, got it in the mail last week. I hooked it up the other night and started playing some Splatterhouse. And um, uh, some uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood, um, because not only does it have um, TurboGrafx 16 games on it, you can switch over to the PC Engine, which is the Japanese version of the uh, the TurboGrafx 16. And there's a whole bunch of games there too, and that's where the Castlevania 
game is and was playing that for a while. So um, I'm going to keep it for October so I can uh, review Splatterhouse and and possibly Castlevania Rondo of Blood. And then I will uh, pack it up and send it over to uh, Derek so he, he will have some games to review for November, December. And um, so huge thank you to Axeblade for sending us that. That's the gift of future content. So thank you. Absolutely. No, that was fantastic of him to do that. So yeah, thank Ron- you so much, Axeblade, for doing that. Yeah, Mixmaster said Rondo of Blood is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've only played the first couple of levels of it. I got past the first boss and was got about halfway to the second boss. And um, uh, the one the weird thing about it is it's in Japanese. So it, it, the whole beginning cut scene kind of movie because it was on the I think the CD uh the CD add-on to the uh the PC engine so it's got these like really elaborate like cartoonish almost anime like like cut scene at the beginning that's like a couple minutes long and it was all in Japanese and I'm just sitting there like watching it trying to figure out what's happening so it was weird, but it's fun. I really like it. And um, one of the weird things, I do have a complaint about the TurboGrafx-16. It does not have the USB plug. I have to use like the one from my cell phone to plug it into the wall to give it power. It comes with a USB cord uh, to plug in, but it doesn't have the the block to, to plug it into the wall. I'm like, well, this is cheap of them. Like, Why didn't they just... Like Apple gives those things away, like like I have a hundred of those things, you know, laying around all over the place. So I don't know why they didn't just throw one in there. I thought it was missing something. Uh, I, you know, I was looking through the box, like how do I want to plug this in? Like there's no plug-in for it, and I was like, oh well, well guess I need to steal one. That's like Nintendo making the Mario 3D All-Stars a limited release. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> Which I did download that whenever I got back. I've been playing some Mario 64. Yeah, I'm going to, but I have a couple other things I want to finish playing first. I got back into Mad Max on the PS4, like hardcore, and I want to finish that game. And it takes forever because it's, it's pretty big. I mean, it's like Red Dead Redemption huge. So it's, oh, geez. it's going to take me a little while to finish it, um, but yeah. I love it. But uh, I don't know about you. I'm ready to go into the news. Yeah, we got some good stuff to talk about. Yeah, here we go. From NintendoLife.com, Bizarre Super Mario Brothers 3 prototype cartridge sells for $31,200 at auction. Um and this thing looks weird. It's a, it's in a Kid Icarus um, uh, shell, but it's a Super Mario Brothers three prototype. Uh, it says um, sold at auction for thirty one thousand two hundred. The listing was a first for Heritage Auctions, being the first time that the auctioneer had ever sold a Nintendo developed prototype or any prototype featuring Mario. Um, the prototype was actually made from a cartridge which originally housed a copy of Kid Icarus, as you can see from the label still visible on the cart. The words Super Mario or Super 3 have been written over it just as hastily as someone might write over an old homemade VHS tape, uh, with various parts of the cart being cut open for EPROM replacement. Um, what do you think about this? I, 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 where did this thing even come from? I don't know, but actually seeing the way it looks, because, I mean, 
you know, we hear about prototypes and betas when new games come out, but when it comes to the physical form, you never really see it. At least yeah. I haven't. So seeing the way it looks, I, I think is actually kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I pay thirty one grand for it, but yeah, that's a that's a chunk of change. But I don't, I, I don't even. It have doesn't say grand. where it came from or who owned it, who bought it. But uh, I mean, how even if you came across this at a garage sale, like I would look at this and be like, "What the hell is this? It's like some beat up <laughs> Kid Icarus three with some weird microchips soldered into it." Somebody tried to play Dr. Frankenstein yeah. with an NES cartridge. It's cool. I mean, it's a cool piece of yeah. gaming history, but I, you know, I if I had the money, I would buy it, but that's a this is a good chunk of change. I would have figured it would have went for more than that, actually. That does seem a little bit low for like a Super Mario Brothers for such a one-of-a-kind item like this. Yeah, cuz I mean, you think about the rare types of cartridge, but finding a prototype has to be even more rare. Oh yeah. So it's like how why would it only go for thirty-one grand? I don't know. It'll probably shoot up in value uh, as the years oh, go sh- by. I'm sure. Because there's not I, like it's not like there's any more. I mean, this is the only one of its kind. I have a feeling that we might not hear the last of like prototype cartridges. Oh yeah, being found. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome to come across a like a, a like just some kind of like some prototype cartridge of like Ninja Turtles or something like that? It's like soldered into a kid nicky uh you know cartridge and it says tmnt on it that would be awesome if there was one for zelda i would probably die oh, that would oh how cool would that be <laughs> <laughs> our next story comes to us from gamerant.com sonic the hedgehog 30th anniversary logo and merchandise revealed This year marks the 30th anniversary of one of the most beloved gaming franchises of all time, Sonic the Hedgehog. With an expansive collection of games, cartoon series, comic series, and a feature film, Sonic is one of the most iconic and recognizable faces to come from video gaming. And to celebrate 30 years of Sonic the Hedgehog, Sega has quite a lot in store for fans of the series. Uh, As previously mentioned, a large variety of Sonic content has been made and produced over the course of the last 30 years. The most recent is the live-action Sonic movie. And, of course, the sequel was uh, recently confirmed. Uh, but they've also announced the 30th anniversary logo, which you can see in the article here. I actually really like the logo. I, do too. I think it's a cool play to use the Zero, because in the comics especially, whenever Sonic would run really fast, mm-hmm. his legs would turn so fast that they would look like a circle. So to play off of that, I thought was really cool. And they've announced some... Uh, merchandise, which I don't see on here. Yeah, I don't know if they have them listed here. Oh, it says here uh, includes pop figures, enamel pins, clothing, and even an official G Fuel energy drink. Oh, okay, yeah. So <laughs> they haven't, um, oh, and a release a series of mini comics, toys, a line of jewelry, and a 30th anniversary Sonic Encyclopedia releasing in 2021. Looks good. I will it, definitely be getting that. His logo reminds me of like the old school MLB logo from like back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, a little bit. It's got that retro look to it. I like it. It's crazy to think that next year is going to be the 30th anniversary <laughs> of Sonic. Zelda and Metroid. Because we're old, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you're and you're yeah. up there with me, so we're we're the old oh, men now. Trust me, I noticed when I was uh, trimming my beard the other day, and I saw there was a little bit more gray. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm I'm getting there. My mine's not as full as yours, but yeah. it's still still noticeable. <laughs> You'll but no, I mean, there. I'm You'll I'm curious to see more details of what type of merch they're going to release. But the crazy thing is, they have not announced a video game. I know. I, for I Sonic think they're keeping that. I think that's going to be one of those things. I think they have something, and they're going to announce it, and they're going to release it the same day. I would love that. That'd be awesome. I, it would be cool if they were to do maybe like a sequel to Sonic Mania to satisfy like the old school fans mm. who still prefer the original style of gameplay. I don't know if you remember the Sonic Generations game. Mm, I do, but I, I don't think I ever played it. So it, it's essentially, it came out the actually 10 years ago for the 20th anniversary. They took remastered levels from the old Sonic mm. games from the different eras. So you had like the Genesis era where they remastered the Green Hill Zone and Chemical Plant Zone. Then they remastered levels from the Dreamcast era and then the modern era. And what they would do is that the way the story was laid out, there was a modern version of Sonic and then classic Sonic because the story involved time travel of you having to go back to these old locations to restore them because Robotnik was trying to essentially erase Sonic's past. Hmm. So you got to play through them as classic Sonic where everything's strictly 2.5D. Yeah. And then you have the modern Sonic, which is the swap between the 2D and the 3D. It was a really fun game, and I was shocked that they never did any DLC for it. But I think it would be cool if they were to do a sequel to that. They might. You never know. I think it's going to be one of those things where, like I said, like they announce it, and then they're going to drop it like that day. Be like, and it's available now. Okay. I would love that. Uh, Let's see. Our next story is, again, from NintendoLife.com. Nintendo expands its Switch Online, SNES, and NES service with four more titles. Um, just dropped this week, we have Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, um, Mario's Super Picross, The Peacekeepers, and Scat, Special Cybernetic Attack Team. Um, I'm kind of excited to play Scat because that's one of those games that... Uh, it was it, it was late in the uh, NES life, but I remember it being featured in uh, Nintendo Power, but I never got to play it. And and it's crazy because I, I it was one of those games I wanted to play when I was a kid, and I should have because Scat goes for a lot of money now because uh, it's one of those very sought after carts for the Nintendo. Yeah, I'm really excited to play Donkey Kong Country 2 again because I, I've said this before on the show. I actually prefer the sequel to the original, and the original to me is a masterpiece. Yeah, Everything from the graphics, the gameplay, all of it. But uh, there's something a little more about Donkey Kong Country 2 that I like. I, I like the addition of Dixie Kong. I thought she added a cool gameplay element with the ability to glide. Yeah. I thought the level designs were really cool. The new animal friends you get were great. So I'm I'm stoked to go through Donkey Kong Country 2 again. I never played 2, so I'm going to go... I'm going to play that. I'm gonna, I might pick that up and play it this weekend. You'll like it. If you like the first one, you'll love the oh, second Oh, yeah. One. What's not to like about it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from Cinema Blend. 
RoboCop.com. RoboCop returns. Seven quick things to know about the new RoboCop movie. And this is courtesy of our good friend, I Am The Rampage. There are a few movies that are egregiously violent and a satirical bite as ferocious and enjoyable as the 1987 cult classic RoboCop. With spills, chills, and some of the most grotesque imagery out of the decade, I would totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of reasons why the movie has remained so enjoyable and strangely relevant more than 30 years later. And maybe that's the reason the upcoming sequel, the fourth at this point, RoboCop Returns, seems like it couldn't come a moment too soon. Since first announced in January 2018, longtime fans of the story of Detroit cop turned cyborg Alex Murphy, played by Peter Weller, have been dying to know when the -the over-the-top violence will return and what kind of movie they will get. Well, I can't answer the first part of that question, but I can and will serve up what you should know about the long-awaited sci-fi action flick. And then it goes through seven quick things, mm-hmm. um, including RoboCop Returns will be connected to the original, but not the sequels or reboot. Sweet. Which, which Halloween did the same thing, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that was a, a good decision. Uh, the script for RoboCop Returns was born out of Ed uh, Numier mm-hmm. and Michael Miner's original idea for RoboCop 2. The plot will center around a Detroit on the brink of chaos. Uh, Neil Blomkamp was set to direct but left the project in August of 2019. Uh, For those who may not know that name, he directed uh, District 9. Mm -hmm. Little Monsters director Abe Forsyth took over in November 2019. Uh, The biggest thing is Peter Weller won't be returning to play RoboCop. Boo. And he's gone on the record as saying he has no desire to reprise the role. I'm sure he doesn't wearing that damn suit. (laughs) I wouldn't either. (laughs) It will feature the suit from the original. That's awesome. Which is great. Uh, And then there is no release date at this point. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, I I love the original RoboCop. And honestly, I don't think they'll ever be able to capture the, the magic of the original. I mean, look at the RoboCop reboot. It it did not go over well. I didn't like it at all. Um, but man, the it didn't original have any heart. No, the original RoboCop just it it's crazy how well that movie holds up as far as the story, the uh, the you know the special effects, just everything about that movie. The the um, I love the the Paul Verhoeven style of you know the the commercials and stuff that he would put in. Um, you know, for uh, was a thermonuclear war, like the cynicism of it, but also like the vague glimmer of hope, like but and heart, like you said, there's just something about that original movie was just way ahead of its time. And um, but uh, Mixmaster said he never saw the reboot. You're honestly, you're not missing much. There's not much. Nice. No, it's, it's not worth your time. But yeah. Um. But- and, they also said they're bringing out a, a RoboCop a prequel television show. And I'm like, so it's just going to be called Murphy? <laughs> How do you have RoboCop Alex. without Robo? <laughs> yeah, it's just called Alex. Alex Cop. Alex the Cop. Alex the Cop. <laughs> not RoboCop. Not Yeah, not RoboCop. That's what they're going to call it. But, I mean, it is the latest of a trend of taking those 80s properties and bringing them back to the modern day. I mean, look at the success of, you know, Cobra Kai. Yeah. And now that it's on Netflix, more people who didn't watch it when it was on YouTube 
are watching it and talking about how good it is. Like I've had several friends who say, "Oh, I, the show's so good," and I'm I'm trying not to sound like a smartass when I say like, yeah, "But it's like three years old." Yeah. <laughs> Which did you you see the teaser for season three? Uh, yes. Uh, wait, it, just, it was like very brief. Yeah, because it was because um, Netflix released a like recap of seasons one and two, and then they had like a ten second teaser at the end of it that said season three coming in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I, I don't think I saw that. It's um, the only thing it reveals is that Daniel goes back to Okinawa. Yeah, and he's I watched he's them. finding someone which I think is uh, Sato's nephew. From Karate Kid 2. Yeah, because I saw them on... Um, I watched them as they came out on YouTube Red. So I never yeah. watched them on Netflix. So I didn't get to see like the recap or anything like that. But I, I didn't yeah. even see that they had a trailer. I, I mean, I figured they were going to do a season three. I mean, why pick it up? And then... Because it was already popular on YouTube. And, you know, with people like us. And then it goes to Netflix and... It blows up again by people that never saw it. And I'm like, yeah, well, of course they're going to do a season three. I mean, that's inevitable. Well, and especially the way they ended season two. Like, yeah. you have to... You have to finish yeah. telling that story. It's so good. If nobody... If, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Cobra Kai, it's so much better than it does than it should be. And that's the crazy thing. Like, I started watching it thinking it was going to be just this cheese ball crap thing trying to recapture you know some magic from the 80s and I, and I was not expecting what I got and I was like holy shit this is good it tells a great story yeah but uh mixmaster if you look up I want to say Netflix put it out it's on YouTube also there's a season 1 and 2 recap and at the very end there's a brief teaser for season 3 but it, it involves uh, Daniel going back to Okinawa and he's clearly fighting someone and they say that the one line is Miyagi didn't tell you everything. Huh. I did not. That's cool. <laughs> I like but I'm that. I'm like, I'm like 99% sure that he's fighting Chosen from uh, Karate Kid 2 because they had that big altercation yeah. in that movie and it was, I mean, Daniel beat him in the fight, but I, I could see. I mean, they've they're bringing back everybody else. Why not bring him back? Mm-hmm. I hope. Do you remember the guy who took over Cobra Kai in the third movie? Um, I can't well, remember his name. I don't remember. I don't remember the third movie. Is the the third one with the the, the girl? Thir- the third one is when Daniel briefly joins Cobra Kai. Uh, I don't remember that movie at all. Like nothing from it. So there was somebody who took over Cobra Kai. His name was Terry something. I can't remember his last name, but it'd be cool if they brought him back. But if they made um, Tori, the girl that Miguel was briefly dating, like the redhead that Samantha fought at the end of season two, yeah. if she was his daughter. Okay. You know, I listened to um, a podcast called Film Sack, and I think they did Karate Kid 3 not too long ago because I... I watched Karate Kid when Cobra Kai came out. I went I went back and rewatched Karate Kid one and two, so those are still pretty fresh in my memory. I don't think I ever saw three because I remember li- listening to part of that podcast and I was like, I have no memory of ever seeing this movie. 
So I know nothing of that movie. Yeah, I think they're going to add elements from probably two and three. But I, I'm excited for it. I hope that it comes out early next year because they said it's coming out in 2021. Okay. I'm... It would be cool if, like, right on New Year's Day, they said, here's season three of Cobra oh, Kai. that'd be awesome. <laughs> if that happens, I can tell you what I'm doing my New Year's Day. Oh, yeah, me too. I'll watch it all in one day. Because yeah. they're only 24-minute episodes, so it's real quick well, watch. Well, I remember season one came out, I think, on Memorial Day. Because I watched the original movie before I started the series, and I finished it in two days. Yeah, because it's only, what, like eight episodes? But they're only, like, you know, less than 30, 30 minutes, minutes each. Yeah, they're really short. Yeah. But, uh, but one more, for it. one more, and I think, is this yours, right? Or is this mine? Uh, no, it's yours. Okay. Last story. This is from TheVerge.com. This is also from uh, I Am The Rampage into our email. Nintendo has discontinued the 3DS nearly 10 years after release. Um, according to its Japanese website, uh, the page listings for the new 3DS LL, new 2DS LL, and 2DS are still live, but each product lists out of production under its name, and a message on the main page says that the entire series has ended production. Um, let's see. Uh, the U.S. site, meanwhile, appears to have scrubbed all mention of the 3DS sometime in the past few hours. Um, homepage doesn't feature the handheld console at all under a support link all the way to the bottom under a similar link for the definitely dead Wii U. Uh, the 3DS was announced in 2010, Released the following year, uh, it suffered a rocky launch with low sales and little software of note, but picked up momentum after a dramatic price cut just a few month at, months after its release. By way of apology to early adopters, Nintendo made 20 NES and Game Boy Advance games available for free. Um, it received several revisions through its life, uh, the larger 3DS XL, the improved new 3DS, the cut-price 2DS, and the sleek 2DS XL. In total, no, no, Nintendo shipped more than 75 million 3DS consoles worldwide, fewer than half as many of its predecessor, the phenomena, phenomenally popular DS. But overall, the system can be seen as a success and helped steer the company through the rocky Wii U years with more than 384 million games sold. Um, yeah, the 3DS kept... Uh, Nintendo relevant through the the dark years of the uh, <laughs> the Wii U, um, but you know Nintendo's always kind of had a a stranglehold on the handheld market. I mean that's their bread. That's always really all has always been their bread and butter ever since the original Game Boy came out. So you know it was no surprise that they you know made the the switch their you know their new handheld but at the same time i really don't think nintendo is done in the the full on handheld market i think they're going to come out with another handheld device pretty soon i think so too and i remember when the switch was announced i figured the writing would be on the wall for the, the 3DS. And yeah. I remember the original DS when it came out. I thought it was a really cool concept having the dual screens and everything. Mm -hmm. Because there there were a lot of games that used that mechanic very well. So I I love the DS and the 3DS, you know, even more. I thought they had a pretty decent library as far as old games that you could download. Mm -hmm. And even some exclusive stuff too, you know. And like you said, it kept 
Nintendo relevant because I feel like you know the Wii and the the DS specifically are their systems that no one really talks about, but were actually quite successful. Yeah, you know, because the Wii was like the ultimate casual gamers console with the Wii Sports that would come packaged with the the system and everything. But the the 3DS was a to me a really really cool handheld and one of my all time favorites. And I agree with you in the sense that. I think there will be another handheld mm-hmm. at some point because we don't know the changes that they're going to make with their whether it's the Switch 2 or if it's something else. Yeah, I think that once the battery capability um to where they could have a Switch unit, you know, be able to have a 6-hour battery life, you know, 5 to 6-hour battery life, I think that's that's what they're trying to get towards to where that you know they'll be able to have that console that's like the Switch. It'll be smaller than the Switch. It'll be about the size of the 3DS. It'll be able to you'll be able to fold it, fit it in your pocket, and but you'll also be able to dock it and play it on your television like a full-on console. Those days, that day is coming. I can see it coming from Nintendo. The same thing I can see that they're going to be. I, I think they're doing something with virtual reality too. I think Nintendo is going to be. Um, in the virtual reality business again in the uh, next few years. Mark mark my words. Well, Nintendo has always tried to stay, do something different than their competition. You know, like you look at the Wii with the motion controls. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Wii U, which, yeah, was a, a pretty big flop. But in a way, it was the beta version of the mm-hmm. Switch. Yeah, it was because that. the Switch is a full-on handheld, and that's you know PlayStation and Xbox haven't done that. Yeah, it was that stepping stone from because Nintendo is about inno- innovation. You know, Sony and Microsoft—they're great at what they do, but they focus more on trying to make this a a you know their consoles not only a gaming console, but it's also like a home entertainment center, like that sort of thing. Nintendo is all about games, gameplay, how differently you can actually play a game. You know, they're always going to push innovation. And people can make fun of Nintendo all they want when Nintendo has, you know, tripped up for things like the Wii U. But at the same time, if it wasn't for Nintendo, you know, they have these slip-ups because they're the only ones brave enough to try and do it. So... And, you know, Nintendo has more money than they'll ever run out of in the next hundred years, so they can afford to slip up here and there. You know, you look at Microsoft this last generation, and, man, they really misstepped with the Xbox One. But this Xbox Series X looks kind of nice. I'm not going to I'm not gonna poo-poo uh, Microsoft anymore. <coughs> Excuse me. That Series X looks very, very enticing, especially with, um, I mean, we're going to talk, we'll t- uh, I think we're going to skip uh, video game history tonight because we're already 35 minutes in, but yeah. um, I, I just want to discuss for a minute what you think about the, uh, the Microsoft and Sony, um, you know, drop their, uh, their prices, uh, how much they're going to charge for the Xbox, uh, the new Xbox Series X and S and the, uh, the PlayStation 5, um, and Really, what you think of uh, which one is the better deal? Because honestly, I 
as much as I love Sony, I'm originally an Xbox guy. I was not impressed with the Xbox One. There was nothing there for me to really jump in um, to to actually get one. So I just skipped it. I, I went to PS4 this last round, but this next one, uh, you know, this Series X, you know, if you do the twenty five dollars a month, you actually come out cheaper because you're paying for two years of Xbox Game Pass, which you bring that console home and you instantly have a library of games to play for the next two years on Xbox Game Pass. That's a really good deal to me for 300 bucks. If I'm to get one, and I've never really been one to pledge my allegiance to Sony or Microsoft because I look at them objectively because I'm always a Nintendo guy at heart, but when it comes to Sony and Microsoft, I just look strictly at what they offer, Mm -hmm. and I make my decision from there. It was like, I never had a PS3. I had an Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. I never had the Xbox One. I had a PS4. Yeah. Because I thought the PlayStation 4 was a better deal. than, And I just wasn't... When the Xbox One was announced, I was not impressed with it whatsoever. So that's why I went with the PS4, but... If I am to get one, I would say I would get the Xbox based solely off of what you said. Yeah, I mean... I think I think with the, the Game Pass, you get a better deal. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I look at when it comes to Sony and Microsoft or things like that. And with Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda this last Ooh, week, yeah. that's freaking huge, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're pulling a, a, what Sony did you know, in the PS3 era... Um, uh, buying up all the different um, uh, studios so they could have first-party exclusives. You know, Sony's got some great first-party stuff. Like, dude, I love the the Spider-Man game. That was probably my most favorite game I've played in the last few years. And I really want to play Miles Morales. But at the same time, I can do that on PS4, which the graphics are just fine <laughs> for me to play that game again. And there's really not much else on the PlayStation that I'm really gung ho about. The reason I kind of want to jump back over to Microsoft is just for that, that, you know, the, the value for my money that that game pass is nothing to sneeze at. And then for just a $300 console, that's really, yeah, that's, I'm leaning that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get the Xbox, the new Xbox, right when it comes out, but eventually I will likely get it. Yeah, I'm going to give it till at least next spring or next summer. Let them work the bugs out on those first couple of runs, and then then I'll get one because I I still have the bat the the memory scars of uh, the Red Ring of Death from the Xbox 360. So. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we go into the uh, the review for tonight, Derek, would you like to give some shout-outs to our lovely patrons? I would love to. As always, we like to give a shout-out to our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Armez Jackson, Axeblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. The Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, and Mr. Tyler Watson. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions to the show. And because you have kept us at the $50 level, 
We will still continue to do our monthly commentaries, which for this month, I believe, is Mortal Kombat. Kombat. We, we got to do that. <laughs> we got to do that soon. We're running out of days. Yeah, we're doing it uh, this Sunday. So this Sunday night, we'll, we'll record it, then I will throw it up on the Patreon feed. So if you want access to those episodes, you can head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And tonight, Derek's going to be talking about... Sega Genesis sound chip. I'm not going to torture the listeners with a Mickey Mouse impression. I'm going to leave that strictly to <laughs> Mr. Wally Phelps. <laughs> I've tried it a couple of times, and it's it's brutal, so I will not be doing that. But this is a game that I've actually been looking forward to reviewing uh, for the last several weeks because what kind of inspired it and the game that I'm reviewing is World of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, which is a platform game developed and published by Sega for the Sega Genesis, released in December of 1992, and is part of Sega's Illusion series of Mickey Mouse games. There's also one called Castle of Illusion that I reviewed earlier this year. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually had been thinking about this game in the back of my mind. You know, I played Castle of Illusion. I'm like, I need to obviously play World of Illusion and review that at some point. This and is on the uh, on the Sega Genesis Mini, right? Yes, it is. Okay, because I, I don't think I ever played this one. I played uh, Castle. Yeah, both Castle and World are on the Sega Genesis Mini. But um, I actually saw uh, Nate, who we had on the show a few weeks ago, talking about this game, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to review it. Because he was speaking highly of it, so I wanted to give it a shot. And you know me, I'm a sucker for a good 90s platforming game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the great thing about the Sega Genesis Mini, is that it's provided us, because both you and I are Nintendo guys, mm-hmm. so we miss out on a lot of the Sega games. And that's, you know, all thanks to the Genesis Mini, we were able to play this game. So I knew that I would at least enjoy it to a certain point because of the platforming aspect. And it's a game that, if this were for the Super Nintendo, I would have absolutely played it. Because there is one similar called The Magical Quest that was for the Super Nintendo that I'm going to review at some point as well. But, I don't remember uh, the that. Way that hmm? I don't remember that. It's um, It plays very similarly, and the graphics are very similar. Um, the long story short is you have to rescue um, Pluto from Pete, hmm. and you get different outfits that you know, and it's give weird you different abilities throughout the game. That Sega got the license to do these games because I thought Capcom had a stranglehold on the Disney, uh, you know, the Disney stuff back in the late '80s, early '90s <clears throat> for the games that they made. Well, it's weird seeing a property like Disney. Because you would just assume they're going to be with Nintendo. Yeah. Because you think Nintendo was king at the time. So you would think the two would just naturally partner up. But uh, the plot of this game, and the story is actually 
pretty cut and dry. Both Mickey and Donald Duck are preparing for a magic show. Donald discovers a magic box that he um, goes through. And, of course, he disappears, so Mickey follows him through it. And they're inside this fantasy world. And they're confronted by this magician that was like, yeah, you're, you, you might be good magicians in your world, but you do amateur stuff compared to what I can do. And you're going to need to learn new abilities if you want to get out of here. And Rampage has joined in the chat room. Rampage! Better late than never! <laughs> uh, welcome, Rampage. Yes, Thank welcome. you so much. Yeah, I mean, he came for the, the review portion, which is the most important, I think. But um, essentially, you can choose to play as either Mickey or Donald, and they have essentially the same abilities. You run, jump, and you also do this um, uh, magic cape trick where you just throw your, you know, put your cape out, and you turn enemies into harmless objects. Mm -hmm. When I initially started playing this game, I was like, it's kind of cool, but it seems very not exciting because there aren't a ton of enemies that you fight. Your attack is okay, but you, you do learn new abilities as you, you know, beat bosses and progress through the game. You essentially like, for example, you get a uh, magic carpet spell where you can fly across certain areas. You can uh, be in a giant air bubble while you're underwater. So you do learn new things as the game progresses. But um, all in all, it's a, a pretty straightforward platform game. It's not very long, which I thought was kind of surprising. There are only, I think, five levels in the whole thing, and each have their different you know, sub-areas. Like, you go through like three or four different areas before you get to the boss, but it's not that long. And I wish this game was a little bit longer because the more I played it, the more I got into it, and the yeah. more I saw the charm of it. But um, so looking at the screenshots, of, it looks like they just pretty much use the same engine from Castle of Illusion. I mean, it doesn't look any different than Castle to me. Which I mean is not a bad understandable. thing. I mean, it, no. hey, if it looked good the first time, <laughs> why not do it again? Well, I mean, several franchises have done it. I mean, look what Nintendo did with Majora's Mask. And I and they use I the exact same model for Ocarina of Time. Yeah, and you know, from Castle of Illusion, I really enjoyed the uh, the animations that they put in it too, uh, to make it look like a uh, you know a Disney cartoon. Uh, just uh, like you know, if Mickey's standing there, he's got like little animations and stuff that he does. The character, like the movement animations, are really good. They put a lot of work into it. Well, they move like you would. Or they would in the cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Like Mickey has that little bit of a mm -hmm. jolly bounce in his step and everything. Yeah. And Donald is Donald, which I is why I love him. My favorite Disney character, by the way, is Donald Duck. <laughs> Just because he's he's like the ultimate like salty troll. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. One of the original salty trolls. But um yeah, there are five levels that you go through. You have um the Enchanted Forest. You have what's called Among the Clouds, which is essentially you're in the sky, and that's after you get the magic carpet ability, so you do spend a portion of that having to fly. And uh, it's actually, to me, one of the more exciting parts of the game. Uh, you have your underwater, 
then you have the library and you have the magic box where you fight the uh, evil magician, which turns out to be everyone's favorite Disney villain, Pete, as he <laughs> is in all the other games. But I, I don't mind that, though, because it's kind of a play on history. Yeah. You know, Pete was one of, if not the original Disney villain when it comes to to Mickey Mouse. So I, I kind of enjoy that. But the cool thing, and I wish I would have had somebody to play this with, you can do a co-op mode with Mickey and Donald where you guys have to work together. Really? In order to... So in the Enchanted Forest, there's an area of the game where you have to um, land on what's almost like a, um, like a seesaw mm-hmm. in a way where there's a weight on one side and you jump on it launches the weight up it lands on you and then you yeah uh are launched to the next platform well when you're doing it in co-op because i watched a little bit of the gameplay on youtube you have to launch one character up and then they drop a rope for the second person to come up that's cool so i like co-op stuff like that well and you know i'm an only child so i missed out (laughs) on all like the co-op games as a kid. Yeah. My brother played with me every once in a while, uh, some two player stuff. And of course I was always the player two when that yeah. happened. But, <laughs> uh, mix master said that he, um, this was one of the games that popped in my head too, was Mickey mouse capade for the NES. That was a Capcom game. And I, I did not like Mickey mouse capade. That game is not good. <laughs> it's one of the few Capcom games that I just I really don't like. I didn't like really like Tailspin either. As much as I love that cartoon, that game was not very fun. One of the best theme songs of all time, too. Oh yeah, those theme songs. Tailspin, oh yo, Tailspin. I actually found a playlist on Spotify that has all the Disney Afternoon oh. theme songs. It's got Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, God, I think DuckTales is on it too. I gotta find that. That oh, that would put me in such a good mood. <laughs> Just type in like Disney Afternoon Collection. Okay. And you'll find it because I, I have a huge Disney playlist on my Spotify, and I down uh, I added all those songs to it. It's great. Yeah, Mixmaster Tailspin's not that great. It's like a it's like a side scrolling shooter type of game, but it, it's hard to explain. I'm not even gonna go into it. I never played those games. A lot of the like Disney adaptations, the only one I remember playing was Toy Story for the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. I don't but, remember playing. I don't think I ever played that on the Super Nintendo. You know what would be a great game? If you took like the engine from the Arkham games, mm-hmm. minus the stealth aspect but you said it in the Darkwing Duck universe. I knew you were going to say that. Dude, I would play that in a second. I'd probably get that the day it comes out. Yeah. I would, too. Was there ever a Darkwing Duck video game? Yes, there was. I think it was for the Super Nintendo. Let me check real quick. Because I'll have to look that up, because I would love to play that. Darkwing Duck Capcom video game. Uh, no, it was for the NES, but I don't think it was very good. Um, I'm going to have to get this game. Because I have all the other uh, Disney Afternoon games. Um, I would love to play a Gargoyles game. That'd Ooh, be cool. that'd be great. They have to get Keith David back as the voice oh, of Goliath. Love Keith David. I wanted that dude to just read me stories. 
at night <laughs> as I can go to sleep. I would love for him to just follow me around and narrate my life. Yes. <laughs> that would be great. But um, kind of going back to World of Illusion, the, uh, it says here the game's music, artwork, and animation shows influences from Disney animated films, including Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Sleeping Beauty, Sword in the Stone, and The Little Mermaid. Which you can tell, I mean, you mentioned it looks like a Disney cartoon. Mm -hmm. Like you're watching it on TV in the afternoon, which I, I think adds to the appeal of it. You know, with Disney games, you see the name Disney and you expect a certain amount of quality. Yeah. Now, I know that not every Disney game has been good, but at least with these in this era, they look like they should. Like, they, to me, they look like the pinnacle of, you know, 16-bit graphics. Mm-hmm. Everything's bright, flashy, it, and the characters look accurate. It, it's what you would expect. Yeah. Well, you look at you, you. You know, you look at the Aladdin game and all that. The the Lion King was really good. You know, they were firing on all cylinders with the Disney games in the Super Nintendo Genesis era. Oh, for sure. And uh, Megatech gave the game 90% and a Hyper Game Award, saying that it had the best graphics of any Disney game yet, but noted that it was very easy to finish. That, that would be my complaint, that and it being too short. Like, I would have loved to have had maybe another two to three levels on it. Yeah. I think would have put it over the top. But that, that to me, it knocks the game down a bit for me and then mega gave the game 82 percent, saying it was very easy to complete and dull in one player but fantastic for a couple of youngsters awesome. and that's what i'm saying like i would have loved to have played this in co-op mode because you actually have to work together yeah hmm. but i'd love other to than play that, this like together uh, you know because if we're ever at each other's house anytime if this stupid virus would go away i mean we both have the sega genesis mini so we'd be able to play some of these two-player games. I'll bring the Code Red. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and the Dominoes. Domino's and, oh, yeah, and the Dominoes, of course. But all in all, I mean, I know this sounds like a fairly straightforward review, but I mean, that's kind of what this game is. It's mm. a fairly straightforward, you know, to me, a pretty solid Disney platformer. I wouldn't call this a fantastic game, but it is a good game. You know, it has great elements. I would have loved to have had a little bit more variety when it comes to um, attacks, especially in the beginning because you just have the, the cape attack, which to me, I don't want to say it lowered my expectations for the rest of the game, but I was like, oh, this is not the most exciting thing I've ever played. Yeah. That in the game wasn't really that challenging to me. You know, not trying to make myself sound like I'm the best gamer on the planet, but like it felt very simple and straightforward. But it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like I still enjoyed my time playing. Hey, there, there's there's nothing wrong with playing an easy game just to relax and you know have something yeah. fun to play. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And uh, yeah, Axblade I... uh, said there is a Darkwing Duck on the Turbo Mini. Uh, no, it there. I yeah, Rampage is right. There was a game, a Darkwing Duck game four. The TurboGrafx-16, which I saw on here, but uh, it's not on the Mini, because I would have definitely seen that. I looked through the the menus multiple times the other night looking for stuff to play, and if I would have seen Darkwing Duck, that would have been something I immediately started playing. 
So it's definitely not on there. I think if we're talking like, because I mentioned the theme songs earlier, if DuckTales is number one, Darkwing Duck to me has to be a close second. Hmm. I don't know. I think Tailspin's got the best. The best. You'd put Tailspin number one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I can respect that. It is really catchy. Oh, it, I, this something about that song, just as soon as I hear it, it makes me happy and immediately brings me back to being like 12 years old again. It's completely different, but I also like the Gargoyles theme a lot. Yeah. When I got when I got Disney Plus, that was one of the first things I watched. Dude, and just hearing imagine if they brought the Gargoyles back as like a li- not a live but a like a CG um computer generated like a uh, type of show with like really gritty um like uh, like just like a really gritty CGI, you know, aesthetic. Like I think that would be so awesome. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Like that would be amazing. <laughs> that show, ah, I missed that show. That show was so good. Mhm. I think it would I think it and just Make it for the kids who watched it then, but make it for us now and make it like kind of a, a little more adult and like dark and gritty and make it, you know, kind of scary. Like that would be awesome. They could make Demona a freaking badass. Yeah. If they did that. Man, I want a I want a gargoyle. I want a new gargoyle stuff now. I want it now. I'm going to go watch Gargoyles when we finish. Yeah. Dude, I, I, speaking of watching stuff, I almost, I had it in my hands the other day at Walmart, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection for the original mm-hmm. cartoon series. It was in my hand. It was $24. I'm like, should I get it now? Should I get it? Am I going to watch all these? Or is this one of, these, one of those purchases? I'm like, I want it so bad, but when I get it, She'll be like, okay, I'll watch it later, and then never touch it again. Is it going to be one of those things? Did it have a cool case with it? Oh, yeah, the the case looks awesome. I mean, it's not like, it would just look nice on the shelf, you know? Was it, you're talking about the cartoon, right? Yes, the original okay. late 80s so cartoon. It, so it was the one in the turtle van? Yes. Okay, um, yeah, I, yeah, I have that. That said, awesome. the case is awesome. Yeah, Axeblade said uh, the 3D SENs on Steam, uh, you can play it, Nintendo game ROMs in 3D and in 2D. Um, Steam Share Play lets you play multiplayer games on it over the internet as if it was couch co-op. That sounds awesome. I, I need to get that because I want to stream some of that stuff. I'd love to see it. I think it's only like $12 or something like that. It's not that expensive. That's not bad. But uh, we're coming up on the end of the show. Um, Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. And uh, Derek, is there anything else you want to throw out there before we leave this evening? Real quick, I can't remember the number score that I gave Castle of Illusion. But I would say I would give World of Illusion, I'd say a solid 7. Yeah, it's not bad. it's, it's, It's... not a great game, but it is a good game, yeah. and like I don't regret playing it. Like I'm, I'm not bashing the game at all. It has its flaws, but I, I don't think they're that 
detrimental to the enjoyment of the game. So yeah. I, I think I've said this before on the show, but I think if this were a game that I played as a kid, I would have it. I would hold it in much higher regard. But um, it's it's worth checking out. Like if you're a fan of the Disney games, definitely check it out. But um, other than that, just uh, be sure to follow the Derek Diamond experience on all forms of social media at D Diamond Podcast. And I didn't get a chance to plug this last week, but I did a really cool uh, Back to the Future roundtable last week that is uh, currently out on really the audio versions on all of the podcasting platforms. And the, the video version is on uh, Facebook and YouTube. That was a great episode. Uh, you should go listen to that if you haven't seen it, the Derek Diamond experience. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Go check out the Open Micers podcast. That's my other podcast I do with uh, comedian Jacob Craig. And uh, we got a really cool guest coming up tomorrow evening, uh, Brent Henry, who played the Wolfman in Monsters Anonymous. He's part of Sawilo Films. And they just did the... Uh, did you ever listen to the Astro Trash podcast yet? Have you listened to that yet. yet? Oh, dude. The production value on that podcast is insane. And it's only like six episodes long. Each episode is like 30 minutes. So it's it's a pretty quick listen. But I really hope it does well and they do uh, another season of it. So go check it out. It's the Astro Trash Podcast um, by Sawilo Films. And you will not be disappointed. Especially if you love stuff like um, just like really like just sci-fi humor and like almost like... Um, Monty Python type of humor, like that type of stuff. It's really, really good. Go check it out. But go come tomorrow night, listen to us talk to Brent Henry right here on my Twitch channel at 7 p.m. Central. So, Derek, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm ready to get out of here. What about you? What do I you think? I think so. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get out of here. Um, if you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Um, you can find us at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro and individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We are at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Uh, and also we are on Patreon at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro where you can throw us a couple bucks a month to keep the lights on here at the show. And we're above that $50 level. So if we stay above that, we give you guys the extra commentary tracks every single month. Get those first as a patron. If you can't do that, can't throw us a couple bucks, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So, Derek, tell them what it's all about. This is the way. Oh, a fellow chucker, eh? Oh, man, I can't find it. Here it is. I have spoken. <laughs>